And if you can't bear the terrible tension of waiting to find out who the new Doctor Who is... This is the Big Finish Podcast official release date, 17th of July, 2017, I nearly said. We at Big Finish Productions are the proud purveyors of the finest audio drama in the known cosmos. Doctor Who, Blake Seven, Torchwood, Dark Shadows, the... Avengers, The Prisoner, Sherlock Holmes, indubitably, Dracula, Dracula, Frankenstein, The Confessions of Dorian Gray, I haven't got anything for that, The Omega Factor, Survivors, stuff like that, I know! I'm Benji Clifford. He's a sound designer and composer for Big Finish. I'm Nick Briggs. He's Big Finish's co-executive producer, and you may know him as the voice of the Daleks and a bunch of other Doctor Who monsters. Or you may not. It really doesn't matter. But what does matter is that over the next hour or so, we're going to give you, hopefully, more Big Finish-themed fun and frolics than you can possibly handle. In a moment, the Big Finish news. That'll be followed by listeners' emails. Then we'll present our guest star interview with none other than international TV and film star, writer, director, producer, Mark Gatiss. Following that, we'll activate the Randomoid Selectatron to select a random Big Finish audio release from our archives for us to dissect or at least have a bit of a chat about. Then I'll round up our latest releases just before giving you, yes, you, a 15-minute preview of one of our latest releases this week. It's The Office of Never Was from Torchwood. Exciting stuff and lots more to come. So, Nick, it's time, is it not, for the ruddy news. It plummin' well is, Benji. This is the Big Finish News. Kunik and Benji. Do I kazoo or not to kazoo? It's, it's oh, one of those go things. Go on, Shall go I, on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Okay. He's going to kazoo. <laughs> Couldn't resist. Now, people will be thinking they've gone back to uh, the podcast the week before last. They will, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter because it just makes me very, very happy. What, what yeah, a film. Okay. I've got it ready. Dark it Invasion Earth 2150 AD. Just thought I'd throw that in for anyone who doesn't know what Benji was kazooing. Oh, as yeah. if you didn't know. You should Dark know. Dark Invasion should know. Earth 2150 AD. I left the S off, sorry. Why not repeat it? Because it's, it's a great <laughs> film. And, and, and I've got it ready. I've got the Blu-ray ready to watch at some point when I get a moment. So I that, did watch it after the last podcast. Did you? That, that Sunday I watched it with my son. Yeah. Oh, did he, did he like it? Yeah, he's seen it before. Excellent. That's that's good parenting. Then. He kn- yeah, away. he knows the he knows the Roberman theme and stuff. Oh man, it's We're doing it all again. But why not? Why not? Eh? Why not? That's the thing. So I suppose I'll get on with the news. So I'll yeah, kickstart this. Uh... <laughs> With the 50th anniversary of Captain Scarlet and the Mistrons, 1967, fast approaching, we look behind the scenes of the recording of The Spectrum Files. That's starring Wayne Forrester and Liz Morgan and directed by Jamie Anderson. Let The Spectrum Files take you back to 1967, the original broadcast year of 
Captain Scarlet and the Mysterons. Yes, Captain Scarlet of the Mysterons tells the story of the Mysterons from Mars attempts to take over planet Earth using their powers of retrometabolism. Yes, you heard right. Retrometabolobinibism. Possessing the power to recreate an exact likeness of an object or person. The only people able to stop them are the organization Spectrum. And one man fate has made indestructible Captain Scarlet. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> That's right, and the, the thing about the Mistrons is they can be anything, you name it. They could be a biro, they could be a rubber this duck microphone. in the... This microphone! This microphone, yeah, a rubber duck in the bath, a coat, a coat Ooh. hanger. I mean, the possibilities really are endless and quite frightening, really. So next time you're walking along and you see a, an old Snickers wrapper on the pavement, know that it could be a Mistron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Baffling. Originally brought to our television screens by Jerry Anderson with his pioneering technique of super marionation and continuing his legacy at Big Finish is his son, Jamie Anderson. That's right, and uh, on the website, I think it is on Monday, the 17th of July, there will be a little video behind the scenes with the Spectrum files. It's, they're written by uh, John Thaden, which was a pseudonym for writer John William Jennison, and directed and produced by the aforementioned Jamie Anderson. Yeah, yeah, who promises me he'll get me a clip. Uh, <laughs> It, it, uh, the, 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 the Spectrum Files tells three stories from the Spectrum Universe. Ooh, there's a Spectrum Universe now, isn't there? And they were originally released in 1967 as books, you see, uh, the same year as the TV series. The narrators, as we mentioned, Wayne Forrester and Liz Morgan, are unforgettable parts of the world of Captain Scarlet. Liz was the original voice of Destiny and Rhapsody Angel. I was going to do their voices then, but <laughs> realised I couldn't. And Wayne was the voice of Captain Scarlet and Jerry Anderson's new Captain Scarlet which was released in uh, 2005 and was the last show produced by Jerry Anderson. Here's a clip, come on Jamie, deliver, from The Spectrum Files. How can we fight something like this, sir? We can guard people in places that are threatened by the Mysterons, but this? How do they do it? I don't know. I just don't know. But they have powers of which we cannot even dream. We can only hope that Dietz and his colleagues can come up with an answer before those devils strike again. But I'm mighty worried about Scarlet and Rhapsody. See if you can get them again, Lieutenant. Yes, sir. Captain Scarlet's coming through, sir. Where are you, Scarlet? On board the LFS hoverfloat, sir. Rhapsody's with me. We're both okay. Best news I've heard today. Rhapsody's worried about her folks, Colonel. With your permission, sir, as soon as we can, we're going along to that place to check if they're okay. Then we'll be reporting right back. SIG, Captain. But what any of us can do for the time being is anybody's guess. I've thought of launching the angels to attack the cloud and try to break it up, but it might do more harm than good. Oh, sir. The rain stopped. And that cloud, it's vanishing as suddenly as it appeared. The sun's coming through. Thank Pete for that. A lot of love poured into that production there, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Next up, coming this August, The Third Doctor Adventures, Volume 3. Tim Trelaw returns as the acclaimed new voice of The Third Doctor, originally portrayed, of course, by the late, great John Pertwee, with Katie Manning returning once again to the role of his trusty assistant, Joe Grant. Here's the brand new trailer, What I Did. There's only one little world I want to see right now, Doctor. 
that one. That one? But Joe, that's Earth. That's right, Doctor. Home. Home it is, Miss Grant. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Daleks! Good grief. Dalek units move to security control points. The Third Doctor Adventures. Joe! She can't hear you, it's a recording. Time is of the essence. Will you help me or not? Hello! Never thought of turning up the heating here. The Doctor is a known saboteur of Dalek operations. What was your plan? Answer the question! I'm trying to! Administer pain! Shouldn't be long now, Doctor. Approaching helicopter. This is Royal Navy Destroyer HMS Nemesis. Are you receiving over? The thing looks like a big metal egg. No doubt a capsule of some kind. How do you do? Ariander, isn't it? Hello, Joe. It's so very nice to meet you. I can tell you and I are going to get on terribly well. Doctor, no! Stay away! You're not going anywhere! <laughs> that was incredibly dangerous. Battle stations! All crew to... Temporal never event. A what? In short, boom. This is excellent news, Provost. It responded to your touch. The crystal recognizes me. It's coming from the ship. There's someone in there. A horrifax. Why don't we rush in and clobber him? Clobber him? Do not be afraid, Joe. You are in the space between thought and reality. Think. Concentrate. It's me, the Doctor. I just think you must realize this is wrong. Millions of people would die. Billions. The genocide of the human race. You will be silent. No, I won't. Doctor, get down! I don't know! Stations. Look here, there's no time to waste. The enemy is close by. You just tell us where. Big finish. Recreating an era. We're spinning out of control and could smash into a thousand planets or maybe even a supernova at any moment. This Tuesday, the 18th of July, Blake 7 is back! He's looking for his kazoo. It's got to be done. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Love it so much. It is ah oh, the the theme tune to Blake Seven is one of those things. It's just it's just instant satisfaction as soon as you hear. You think yeah, this is gonna good be old great. Dudley Simpson. Good old Dud is there showing the world that he is the man. Uh, so yes, Blake Seven is back. The Spoils of War. Uh, that's the title, starring the original cast members Paul Darrow, Jan Chapel, Michael Keating, Stephen Pacey, and. Jacqueline Pierce, and it also features Yasmin Bannerman as Dana. Here's a clip. This one can be salvaged. Just solder the wire here to keep the pin from shorting. This one you can strip apart, but the power pack is charged. Apply a little heat, and you'll have an adequate explosive. Don't worry if there aren't enough guns to go around. Bows and arrows can be almost as effective once you know how to use them. I uh, think what Dana means is that surprise will be our greatest weapon. Hardly. Our greatest weapons will be mine and Villa's handguns. But the fact that our enemy forces are stretched thin will certainly help us. Now, do you have those plans for me yet? I'll chase up Mitchell, see how he's getting on. (laughs) 
Yes, Villa. What is it? Oh, don't mind me. It's just I couldn't help but notice you just volunteered my services to fight a war, and I thought you might have bothered to ask I me didn't before. Didn't volunteer you, Villa. Only your gun. And we're fighting one battle, not a war. All the same, wouldn't you rather have one of the others down here? A Tarrant, for example. He's younger than I am, much fitter, and I bet he's an excellent shot. He looks like a good shot, don't you think so? You're good with Tarkle. Ask him for our bracelets back, or just my bracelets if you like, and I can... Strange as this might sound, Villa, I'd rather have you here than ex-Federation Officer Tarrant. At least I know what motivates you. Why are we doing this, Dana? Jenna isn't here. She wasn't ever here, and this isn't our fight. Against the Federation? I thought I was joining a band of revolutionaries. Well, here it is. Your revolution, Villa. This is what Blake was working towards, and you, from the moment you threw your lot in with him. Coming in August, more adventures for the seventh Doctor, Sylvester McCoy, along with faithful companions Ace and Mel, played by Sophie Aldred and Bonnie Langford, respectively, and with great respect, I expect, uh, in The Blood Furnace. Here's the trailer. Oh, I should really get back to work. Don't give the company your time for free, Joe. Some of us are grateful to have a job at all, you know. My dad's been on work ten years. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. We're on Merseyside, and the year is 1991. There's not going to be anything worth doing here. Unusual concern. What sort of ship is it? I thought it was a cargo ship at first, but there are some very odd touches. I wonder if perhaps it's military. Hello? We're not ready to receive. We're shut down for the night. Is the blood crystal in place? Yes, Mum. Then all we need is blood. Lominek, look at the furnace. Some kind of crystal, looks like. But it's on fire. One can hardly launch a ship without it. Doctor Who, the blood furnace. Now you're interested. Big finish. We love stories. And there you have it. That's the end of the news. More news oh. next week. But in the meantime, yeah. we're probably going to talk about lots of different little bits and bobs. That's right. Nick, what is your favourite Bond film? Oh, I don't have one. I love loads of them there we go oh. well, well that's that's your answer right there yeah. that, that i quite is... like the first one i quite like dr no because it's it's not like any of the others it sounds complete the music's really different in that one it's like oh I've, mm. i'm watching an ancient film and then and next I quite one's like the like, fact this is bond yes yes they decided on the style i quite like the fact that um in i think it's in the first two james bond films Dr. No and From Russia With Love. They're the first two, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he has the same girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Yes, he does. Actually, yeah. yeah I've never really thought about it. But he, yes, that is actually She turned true. up in an episode of The Avengers on um, True Entertainment the other night. Yeah. And I, I said, goodness, that's the girl who played James Bond's girlfriend. You were like, oh, she's been dumped trying to, trying to get, <laughs> get in but on I the like, action like- here now. I quite like that he was going steady with someone, you know. Well, it's always reminds yeah. me of that that great scene. I think it's in um, Live and Let Die when Roger Moore's in his in his dressing gown in James Bond's house making coffee. I think that's so good. I was like, oh, I like the idea that he's he's got a house. It's very Harry Palmer. Um, yes, yes. I'm quite fond, but and it's very untrendy. 
uh, I, I'm quite fond of the Piers Brosnan ones, actually. Nothing when, wrong with that. I was certainly at the, at the time I was, but I do love all the Daniel Craig ones as well. I'd, I would say I'm not too keen on um, Die Another Day, personally. I've just not, just never quite did it for me as the other Brosnans did. Um, I'm a bit of a dark horse. I love um, The Living Daylights. I think that that is a brilliant oh. film. The thing about that film is um, you've got John, ba- that. John Barry who does the music for uh, certainly the, the the classic Bond films. Um, it's, that is, in my opinion, his greatest score. He did it's his last score for Bond, but it's if you actually listen to it as a piece of uh, classical music, oh, it is glorious. There's so much uh, potential in Living Daylights that wasn't quite realised, I feel. I mean, the harshness of Bond, they were trying to get in, but they couldn't quite bring themselves to after Roger Moore. There's a lovely moment where Timothy Dalton uh, thinks he's on the trail of an assassin. There was something about balloons... Yes, there? and he leaps over a, a hedge or something, and he's about to open fire, and it's just kids with a balloon. And there's a moment where you see him think, God, "I could have just killed the wrong people." And I thought that you, with with Timothy Dalton, you saw he the sort of steely edged killer, but at the same time, you did see that human stuff where they he realized. does look scared or like he's about to be sick or something. You know, I quite like that. It's a, it's I'm a, a big fan of Timothy Dalton. I don't think his films were good, but I thought his performance was superb. Ab- absolutely. I mean, I I didn't think his second film was was the best Bond film. I, I thought it was a great action film, but not. But it was sort great. of Die Hard, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was a good action film, but not quite a good Bond film. However, I, I'm a big fan of that. I love I love James Bond, but I just thought I'd throw that in there because why yeah. why, why not? You know, people may probably dislike it because it's a. a Diversion, but I think it's interesting to to find that out. That's the end of the news. It's the end of the news. Yeah, that was that was news and a half. Time now for listeners' emails. Uh, that's right. I do love an email. If you have listened before, you'll probably hear me say that quite a lot. I literally love emails more than literally anything that you could shake a TARDIS at. And all that you, yes you, have to do to join us here at Big Finish is to send us an email to podcast at bigfinish.com. That's P-O-D-Cast at B-I-G-F-I-N-I-S-H dot com. That's right. Now, I was away last week, so we've got a few to catch up on, but uh, I'm sure that uh, we'll be able to do it. So this one, first up here, this is from Alex H. Not to be confused with H, as that's, that H is how you say it, H is what it is. Um, Hello there. So I have this question that has been burning me for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Whenever I think about sending it, I'm unable to access email, and by the time I get to my computer, I've forgotten the question. It well, can't be that burning, then. <laughs> <laughs> burning like a flame, a flickering flame. Um, well, I've, well, finally, I've remembered to ask. Hooray! Hey! The Early Adventures 2.3 The Black Hole is narrated by David Warner, even though he doesn't play a part in the cast. And I kept wondering why as it's unusual to hire an actor, especially one as esteemed as Mr. David Warner, just for narrative purposes in the early adventures, brackets, or Companion Chronicles, or Lost Stories in that matter. Nick! For that matter. For that matter. Nick, clear that one up for us. Yes, well, I will. I'll I'll clear it up. Yes, I will. 
uh, I asked uh, David Richardson about this. Uh, and uh, I love the way, by the way, you added in a Mr. before David Warner. You got all respectful there. It just says David Warner. You said Mr. David Warner. Oh, it's David Warner. I, c- I couldn't help it. It's just, it's, 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 you have to call him Mr. It's Mr. David. Probably sir. Sir David sir, Warner. He, he, if he should be a sir. I can hear him cringing at the very thought, bless him. The stupid uh, boy. <laughs> yes. Uh, I bumped into him uh, not that long ago. I went to the um, memorial thing for uh, John Hurt at the BFI and, and David Warner was there as well. Anyway, and that was great. Loads of great uh, tributes and clips and things. Stephen Fry did the most amazing speech and impersonation of John Hurt. It was brilliant and hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the reason for this is I spoke to David Richardson and he said that uh, Fraser Hines uh, wanted uh, to be able to concentrate on playing Jamie and not do the narration for this one, and uh, which they thought was a great idea. And so, yeah, that's why they thought, well, we'll get we'll get David Warner to do because uh, he's always very. He, if you've ever heard him interviewed about Big Finish, he always says, "I, I'd just like to be here all the time. I just want to <laughs> get you know." He grabbed me years ago. He grabbed me while we were all having lunch, and uh, he said, "Who's who's in charge here?" Really, sort of angrily, and I thought, "Oh God!" And I said, "Well, uh, it's, it's me, actually." And he went, "Well, uh, come here." And he sort of, and it made me get up and took me away and to where no one else was. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get it now. You know, it's going to be like, why on earth? And he said, why on earth am I not doing more of these? And I went, well, um, uh, he said, I'd want to do more. Is that all right? And I went, yes, 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 of course. Said, well, good, good. Well, sort it out then. So, so that, that's why he's in so much. He intimidated me into it. Also, because he's brilliant, we just didn't think he'd want to do it. We thought he might have better things to do with his life. Anyway, so that is the answer to that question, Alex H. And now this one from Jason Chisholm. Hi, Nick and Benji. In last week's podcast, that's the week before last, you asked if we liked the script feature um, where we give away a PDF of the script of a story with the downloads. And while I have to admit, when I've seen that the script and music were included with the pre-order I caved and bought, I can't say it's something I would do all the time, but it is a nice touch that worked at least once. I'm more curious to see how you script than in the script itself. Also, I kind of like the idea of seeing early drafts. Who cares if it's spot on? We can hear the final version in the audio. Earlier drafts could just help to shed light on the process or see the change changes fans love that stuff though they of course love completion and perfection as well sigh he says in a very tiny font Uh, you can never fully win can you well very philosophical Uh, i really enjoy the inclusion of the music i would like to one day build myself a little playlist to have on in the background when taking the bus or writing reviews or just taking it easy you have a talented team as you're aware and i appreciate that those little pieces of music are mostly to enhance the stories but in some cases like with steve foxen's music for last month's shadow planet worlds apart it just clicked and i love it beyond its original intent beautiful stuff thanks again for the great products and incentives all the best jason that's a very interesting email jason um i don't think we would ever include early drafts of things i think it's a bit like if i can use a sort of indelicate uh analogy uh writers airing their dirty underwear <laughs> you don't want to show people your mistakes uh the things that went wrong i don't know you know um 
But the process of writing, we should talk to writers more about that and interview a few more writers about the process of of writing. I mean, I was, I am tempted that because I'm writing War of the Worlds at the moment, the dramatisation of it, because H.G. Wells wrote it a, a long time ago, so I'm not <laughs> writing it for the first time. Um, and uh, I was talking to Benji about it, and and I, this is my, I think, fourth attempt at writing it, which I'm going to finish now. I'm very nearly finished. Uh, but I had, I had other completely different ways of writing it, and I was thinking that I should, I could actually sort of release those on a pdf just to show you how it could have gone and you could thank your lucky stars that it didn't go that way but i don't think we'd ever do that really glad you like the music though um that's a feature i was very keen to have that we didn't have i don't think until i became exec we used to release them occasionally on cd sweets and things with the the uh, and on uh, and the trouble is with that that they didn't sell very well i think they're nice as just an extra I think as well with that, just a sneaky uh, little sort of thing to say here. Um, if if you find that there are some stories where the music hasn't been released alongside it or as an extra, you can, in some cases, um, some of the musicians at Big Finish do have their own sound clouds where yeah. they upload bits and bobs. Um, so you might find, if, if you are interested in that sort of stuff, you, you could probably... Uh, find some of our composers and their work might be up there so that's always worth a little sneak but by the by uh, uh, i've heard that soundcloud might be in trouble and might stop and that'd be really awful. that'd be yeah. a shame that'd be a real shame yeah. but um what was i going to say oh the prisoner for example the first volume and the second volume coming out soon all the music we make that available not in a suite but um uh, you know in separate tracks for each cue uh, so you have the complete music score there. That is worth it. In fact, because yeah. you emailed me, didn't you? you? Sent me a little snippet and said, "I've got to send you this." Is it because uh. it's too good not to share? And oh man, yeah. it is. The, it is yeah, superb. the theme for uh, part four of the next prisoner. We, we do a slightly different version of the theme because of the nature of the story. Uh, I actually used it as the theme for uh, last week's podcast, the summer special. Oh, there you go. So you got it. So it's, yeah, it's out yeah, there, and it's, it's just. Yeah. Yeah, anyway the magic but yeah i hope that's that's cleared that up uh, really appreciate it, as always uh questions like that and the behind the scenes process i suppose mm. really so mm. moving on uh a little bit like a conveyor belt um <laughs> this one here is from uh dimitri cook cooklin yeah that's right it, it's really hard to read because it's got an it's got the red line underneath it you know when it says something's wrong i know so it's like yes, it's because like, it thinks it's spelt wrong it's like it's are these name. are these what, what what are these eyes l's or l's eyes <laughs> um l's eyes oh, i looked into l's eyes um yes yeah, so here we go hi nick and benji after listening to Across the Darkened City from the First Doctor Volume 2, I decided to write you a letter. This story just blew me away. Everything about it is perfect. From excellent script by David Bartlett to magnificent, and that's in the, I would just want to say the excellent and magnificent are in capital letters here, mm -hmm. uh, magnificent music and sound design by Robert Harvey. You would usually expect from Big Finish top quality, but this is a highlight. To everyone listening, buy it now. Peter <laughs> Purvis and Nicholas Briggs. This, this chap over here is on the, uh, on the old Hello. audio grammar. Hello. Um, we'll take you on an unforgettable journey across the darkened city. I see what I did there. Yeah, I like it, I like it. And now my question. 
Are there going to be more Companion Chronicles box sets? I'd very much like to hear a story or two from this format starring William Russell with Gemma Powell as Barbara. Just like we've got the two Ben and Polly stories in this volume starring Annika Wills and Elliot Chapman. Also, uh, I have another question for you. What potential Doctor Who spin-off would you personally be interested in listening Exelon Chronicles, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your brilliant work. Sent from Russia, Dimitri Cooklin. Thank you, Dimitri. Yes. Um, well, I think the, we are continuing with the, uh, the Companion Chronicles. There's nothing on the site yet, but I'm, I'm pretty certain there will be more. I think certainly... I mean, I've spoken every time I, I speak to um, Ian Atkins, who's the producer for that range... Um, have to he is reduced to that range isn't he he is yeah he yeah just making sure in case i've completely got it wrong but yeah he's always brimming with absolute enthusiasm and ideas mm. and it's it's one of those i love i love seeing people excited about things and i always get that with him that he's so passionate about that range and doing things so i would be surprised if there weren't the more box sets there i really would mm, absolutely uh, as for a spin-off series, yeah, well, definitely Exelon Chronicles. Obviously. <laughs> because that way, and that, the tagline would be, that way leads to death. <laughs> be perfect. Absolutely. I mean, that's that, what more do you need? I tell you what, actually, I've got a good one here. We can't mm -hmm. do it, sadly, because Maurice Colburn is, is, is no more, but I'd love to see um, a Lytton box set. Yeah, yeah, that would be good, wouldn't because it? Because I just... I'd, I'd, I was sending, I think Tom Saunders, sending him some, I'm always voice clipping my friends on, on with my <laughs> mobile phone, always having fun. And I think we, what did I, I sent him yesterday, I said, we go via the sewers and then play the little <laughs> da, 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 da. So I would like Malcolm to. Malcolm Clark music. Oh, there, I love yes. it. Love it. So that is what I would like to see. How about you, Nick? Well, I think uh, the chaps from Revenge of the Cybermen, you know, that crew. That'd Warner, be fun. Warner, the exographer, you know, and uh, uh, no, it's not. He wasn't the exographer, was he? Was he? Who was it? Kelman's the exographer, isn't he? Warner's the guy who gets zapped by the, gets uh, it in the Cybermat. <laughs> yeah, and what's what are the? I can't remember the names of the characters now. Oh, I'm going to get it up. You're very passionate about that story, aren't you? That's one of yours. Yeah. Come on, and you know, uh, oh goodness. I remember my memories of that story. From I'm suffering from terrible it. memory at the moment because uh, just to bore you folks, and Benji was bored by this, I've had a terrible ocular migraine just before. <laughs> we were meant to record this an hour ago and I got this migraine and couldn't see the screen. So I had to type Benji an email without being able to see it. Have you found I have. I found it. It's all up here. It's ready. So yeah. we've got Kelman, Lester, yeah. Warner, Lester. Magrig, uh, Tiram and Vorus. No, I'm just talking about. Yeah, the, you're just talking the, about. The, I'm just, I'm just reading. I'm just reading it as it. I'm we just. Could, we could do, yeah. The, also the, the Vogons as well. Vogons, you want to speak like this? Play by Kevin Stoney. I here's here's you, you want to come with me? <laughs> that was quite good, though. I like that. Here's <laughs> a question for, for the people listening, though: Is that that? Well, I'm sure this. I'm, I'm sure it's something. But they've got the seal of Rassilon on I know. the wall in there now. Okay, so. That was oh. just because he couldn't come up with anything else. He thought, well, no one watches Doctor Who, do they? The designer, they won't Roger Murray Leach. So, yeah. But let's link this. So let's link it into the story then. Has anybody got any plausible reasons as to why that? I have read so many reasons for that. I can't remember any of them, though. Let's see and what Vorus, leader of the Guardians. Vorus, leader of the Guardians. He's really cross all the time, isn't he? 
Correct. Perhaps, and, perhaps um, it's like... Um, and Magrig, played by Michael Wisher. <laughs> He's coughing all the time. That's Michael Wisher entirely made that up. That wasn't in the script. I thought he it was Michael Wisher it. smoked a lot. <laughs> no, yeah, well, that's true. But Michael said to me, he said, you know, the thing I was thinking, Nick, was that... Um, of course, you see, he was like a, a miner, wasn't he? He was burrowed in the ground. So I thought he sort of had anthracite uh, poisoning or something. So I... <laughs> so he was the... That's you know, cool. The handkerchief and everything. But, you know, what you've got there is an actor looking for a way to make his character more important than it is on the page. You know, to give him a prop, to give him a, a, a disability, that kind of thing. I love is, I love uh, Michael Wisher. I think he oh, he really is every, everything that he he seems to touch. Certainly in in the Doctor Who world, I um, knew him pretty well. You know, Michael. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've met him several times and had very long conversations with him. He had extremely suspect political beliefs. I'm telling you, <laughs> they were quite close to Davros's. Uh, <laughs> Yes, he was very gung ho, you know. Someone said to me, uh, someone who uh, was in a, a company with him, an acting company with him during the Falklands War when that all happened. They said that they said they felt that he was going to grab a Sten gun and go over there himself. <laughs> he was all sort oh of all for it, you know. Anyway, anyway, that a bit of politics there. That's enough of that. Let's uh, and our final <coughs> email this week. Actually, it isn't our fi- final email. Is it our final email? Uh, yeah, it is our final email this week. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's from Peter Kemmerer. Kemmerer. Uh, I'm, thrill- I'm thrilled I took advantage of your recent sale of Vienna and bought the entire range. Uh, the stories are fresh and clever with lots of unexpected twists and turns. Well, it'd be no good if they had expected twists and turns. And Chase Masterson is brilliant as Vienna Salvatore. I notice it's been over a year since Series 3, but no mention of a Series 4 on the Big Finish website. Will Vienna and Jexy be coming back this year for another go? Trying to plan my Big Finish budget, says Peter Kemmerer of Pottstown, PA. That is, yes, USA. The answer is yes, there will be a, uh, there will be news about it on the site on Saturday, the 22nd of July. There's a news story lined up all about the next series. There you go. So that's, that's a podcast exclusive there in terms of getting you oh, aware. Gosh. So excellent stuff there. Love a bit of Vienna. I was, I was about to do the obvious, oh, Vienna, but I, well, I've, I've, I've done it now. <laughs> Classic. So, yeah, that's the end of the emails this week. Thank you to absolutely everybody that has emailed in, and I'm so sorry if we didn't get round to you. Um, this, we get a lot of emails, which is lovely, so it's always it's a bit like a, a, bit like a, a raffle, it's plucking them out and, and popping yes. them. It's like, like, yes, like a raffle. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> sort of like a drowning cyberman isn't it so yes. is, i've just had another email from uh aaron climas who writes to us quite a lot sent from my amigo 500 i'm not going to read it out we'll do that one next time <laughs> i was having a chat with him the other day actually about about, yeah, about daleks because he because he, he was talking because i'd sold my dalek a, a while back and he was sort of saying why have you sold it and i said well you know i'm moving house life happens you have to sell things um but we were just we were just went into geeky depths about what what we like about the dalek designs and our favorites and all, all that Brilliant. sort of stuff so yes uh please keep the emails coming and if if you didn't catch the first bit you can email us at podcast at bigfinish.com 
time now for our guest star interview and this week it's my good friend Mark Gates, actor, writer, raconteur uh, I've written writer again he does do a lot of writing <laughs> a general genius and uh, all round very nice person here uh, chatting to Big Finish writer, director, producer Scott Handcock and just in case you didn't know Mark's been recently playing uh, the master and Dracula for us uh, and his chat with Scott took place while they were recording the new adventures of Bernice Summerfield uh, while he was playing the master you see and it's rather fascinating hello welcome to the special guesty bit of the big finish podcast i am scott hancock a producer and director and i'm joined this morning by the lovely oh i've, I've told you i refuse to do this I will. oh hello i uh, mark gators hello hello how are you i'm good yes i just remember that when i did the master first um for Doctor Who Unbound. Mm. Um, I wanted to, for my introduction, I wanted to say, I am the master and I imagine you will obey me. And Gary Russell wouldn't let me do it. Gary Russell not allowing someone to do something they want. Incredible. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> we should probably say we're back in studio recording a new series of Bernie Summerfield, hence you being back as yes. the master. Yes. Well, you just did say that. That was quick, wasn't it? Yeah. Alternative masters are like 38 buses. You wait it, 12 a... years for one and then suddenly there's two in a row. But are you enjoying playing the character again? Yes, very much. It's a treat, isn't it? Of course it is. It's a treat to play, uh, well, not just an iconic character from one's youth, but also um, just have a bit of fun. <laughs> have a bit of fun with it with David Warner. And uh, I really, I remember really enjoying the first one, um, Sympathy for the Devil, wasn't it? And that... I love the idea of those alternative doctors. And David would have been a brilliant doctor. And now he is a brilliant doctor. Mm. So um, it's it's nice that these things can all come true. Yeah. I mean, you were, it's also a reunion with Bernie Summerfield. When you were around, obviously, for the very beginning of Big Finish, before they even got the Doctor Who license. Yes. Gosh. Uh, 1913, <laughs> I think it was. We recorded it on a, on a phonograph, but the cylinders have been wiped. <laughs> <laughs> tragically by the BBC um, yes gosh yes uh, that was with Nick Courtney wasn't mm. it I think I was a was I a grell I think you were a grand vizier and you were probably oh, that, uh, oh that's uh, right it was the panto one wasn't mm. it that's right I remember that yeah gosh that's about all I do remember that was such a long time ago well, that's it. when that first started God. almost 20 years ago now <gasps> did you ever think it would still be I mean did you ever imagine that they get Doctor Who and you know it would spiral into this mad little cottage industry. No, I mean, how could you? I, I mean, the thing, my vivid memory of those times is, is of course, that it was the interregnum, mm. the, the dark time, the time of chaos. Um, but, of course, no one knew there was going to be anything on the other side of it. It was, as far as we knew, that was it. So mm. it was it was just wonderful to to meet all those people that we'd grown up watching and and being such fans of and and sort of just keep things going i think i remember very well the um being summoned along with lots of other people to the to to someone's house whose house was it possibly gary's uh where the announcement was made that they'd got the doctor who license and um steve moffat tells this story now because he once it was clear that it was only for past doctors and not for the the eighth doctor as it would be steve walked out <laughs> I remember that very well he's very embarrassed about that now because because he wanted to write new Doctor Who mm. whereas I was quite happy to write old Doctor Who <laughs> and, have, and have continued in that vein ever <laughs> since um, and uh, yes I remember that extremely I also remember distributing 
transmission cards for the League of Gentlemen, which was about to start, which means it must have been very late 98 or early 99, yeah. Gosh, there we are. Uh, yeah, and of course it was just the th- a thrill, which, which persists. There's still the idea of you know being able to write uh, interior TARDIS and 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 write it for those those people. And now you know so many um, great doctors are now doing it, and people, it, it, as you say, it's become this. It's not just a cottage industry though. It's an incredibly successful part of the whole. I think there's something rather wonderful about the way that you know it's continued. Not just filling in the gaps, but but doing whole sort of parallel histories of it, and and also, you know, when Paul McGann came back briefly to TV and and insisted on on naming his big Finnish companions and making them canonical, I was rather moved by that. I thought it was sort of a little gesture to the fact that it it has sort of, you know, kept things going all those years, and then in in tandem with the new series, has kind of has, has, has burned a separate flame. Mr. Briggs, as well, who normally runs the podcast, has has three little questions he likes to ask all guests, which I'll run through now. Is it like Mr. and Mrs.? <laughs> yeah, you've got to get the same answer as Nick. Um, <laughs> when do you go to bed? <laughs> <laughs> um, the first one he likes to ask is how we met. I don't know whether that means, as he's not here, how we met or oh. how you and he met. Or how the not we met. <laughs> how did I meet? Well, if it's Nick, my God, I, I have... I have absolutely no idea. I think I've always known Nick Briggs. Was it Voltaire said if God did not exist, it would be necessary for man to invent it? Perhaps <laughs> that's how I feel about Nick Briggs. <laughs> I, I, I really don't remember. I mean, it must be. It goes forever back. I could make something up. We met in a police lineup um, <laughs> after the Hatton Garden job in 1983. Let's go with that. There we go. If any listeners know the real story, please write in yes, on the back do. of a postcard. I haven't a clue. <laughs> I do. I tell you what, I do remember very well. One of my fondest memories of Nick is that there was a around the late nineties. There was a God. I sound old. There was a um, we got sort of rumours of, of, of there being a possible Doctor Who script banging around, which eventually became the TV movie. And there was this terrible dark rumour that. The TARDIS was going to talk, and Nick and I had this running gag, which we still occasionally text each other, where the Doctor would say, "Oh, shut up, the TARDIS." <laughs> it was the fact it was called the TARDIS all the time, not TARDIS. Shut up, the TARDIS. It's that thing I remember. Yeah, remember yeah the late nineties, because it was American. Everyone kept going, "Oh, there's going to be a rapping TARDIS." That was the other oh, thing. I never got. I never got that far. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, what he likes to say tickles your molecules at the moment in terms of Big Finish? Well, I've, I, I've just listened to a rather marvellous uh, adaptation of Dracula, um, which I thought was terribly good. I, I can't argue. Yes, that's, well, that's astonishing been my favourite recently. <laughs> that was a lot of fun, though. For it listeners was. who don't know, um, you played our count. Yes, careful. And <laughs> what a count. Um, <laughs> yes, well, I couldn't say no, could I? I've always wanted to play Dracula. I used to... Um, I used to... Uh, we had we had we had some old red curtains. I wish they'd been black with a red lining, but you work with what you've got. And I had some old red curtains. I used to tie around with a little clasp and pretend to do to, to be Christopher Lee and to um, uh, particularly his death scene from Dracula has risen from the grave, where he's impaled on a giant crucifix. I used to enjoy that. Everyone has a hobby, right? Um, I'm trying to think what else we've done. We, we did Nightshade, of course, which was the adaptation of your first. Yes, professional that was thrilling. Uh, 
you know, I, I can remember um, when I signed my contract with Virgin Books, there was a thing about TV or radio adaptation or whatever. And I remember thinking, well, that's never going to happen. <laughs> and obviously that was donkey's years before the show came back. But also just the idea, I was really very touched by... Um, by you wanting to do it, and uh, it, it came out. Extra- oh, that's the other thing I've recently listened to. I thought that was wonderful. With John Castle, always one of my favourite actors. Oh, such as, a charming as, actor, um, yeah. As Professor Nightshade, so it was it was strange. I mean, it was it was odd to, of course, uh, Kyle Socorro, who did the adaptation, having to sort of really uh, pare it down to the, almost the bare minimum because it was obviously the point of having the book was that you could do so much more. But I thought it turned out very well. I was rather rather chuffed with it. Oh, good. And brilliantly yeah. produced by James Goss. Bless Indeed. Him. Where is she now? <laughs> um, so I, 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 are there any plans to do um, The Roundheads and The Last of the Gadarene? I think they're BBC books, aren't they, rather than Virgin? Oh, uh, is that not allowed? I have no idea, but I think that's the distinction. Oh, there's another one. There I did go. another one for Virgin, but I didn't like that one. So oh, St. Anthony's Fire. I didn't like that book. Ooh. Mm. We'll have to get you to do, write something new. Well, yes. <laughs> well, I haven't. You know, the last big finish I wrote was in 2000. That's that Invaders from that's Invaders Mars. Mars two, that's 17 years ago. That's incredible, isn't it? That's terrifying. I do have, um, there's a, I have an unmade David Tennant script, which was going to be part, which is going to be David's second, uh, season three. Is that so, right? Season four. Was this the suicide? The suicide exhibition, yeah. That's there. I read it the other day. It's rather good. <laughs> but, uh, um, and of course, David and Catherine have come back, haven't they, to do... But those are all original stories, not yes. not Neely stories. So, But Big Finish have done Lost Stories before. They have. So there's, you well, know, it's there. Plenty of scope. It's well, there. Nick Briggs, you'll be listening to this as you mm. edit the podcast, so uh, we've mentioned that one. And, yeah. yeah, we've talked about how you you worked with a lot of past Doctors and you've played the Master and stuff like that. You've also mentioned earlier that you effectively played three Doctors when uh, <laughs> Anthony Head came in to record the Excellus trilogy. That's right, yes. Um, I was asked to go down to Bristol. This is about, also about 17 years ago, it must be, isn't it? Um, to Anthony Head could only do one day or two days or something, and, and I was asked to play the fifth, sixth, and seventh doctors opposite him so that he had someone to work against. And he, and my God, he worked against me. Now, <laughs> it was charming. I remember having a really good laugh. He was a very nice man. It was a, it was a really funny idea to sort of do impersonations of these doctors. But um, you know what I'm going to ask? No, I can't do them anymore. <laughs> I, I studied. I did a lot of studying um, for that. But I, maybe 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 another time. And I think recently as well, on a similar note, you did one of the BBC audiobooks for uh, was it Planet of the Daleks? Yes, yes. I'd love that. I mean, I in, it's a funny thing. This is my. It was always my favourite target book, although. I didn't actually have the target book, oddly enough. I had it in the Marks and Spencer's Dalek Omnibus, and which had Genesis and Planet of the Daleks. But I was obsessed. And every time I was off school, which was a lot, I used to read it over and over and over. I knew that book backwards. And uh, Joe Alone, Weber's Sacrifice. I loved it. It's one of, it's one of my favourite Pertwees. So I, I was... I, I had to do the audiobook of that. Um, and then they asked me to do The Web of Fear, which um, I would have, of course, loved to have done. But the extraordinary thing was, it was coming back because they'd found it. Mm. And I hadn't read or did, I knew nothing of the story for so long. I thought, I can't do the audiobook because it'll spoil watching it because then I'll be too familiar with the story. So I actually said no. 
Is that crazy? No. But I am I am very willing to do some more. I'd love to. I had a great time. And and yeah, I'm I'm aware lunch is uh, looming and James uh, is working on it. But uh, the last question Nick likes me to ask people is, what is agitating your molecules generally? What what are you enjoying either reading or watching or? Um, there's too there's too many great things. That's the trouble. Hmm. Uh, the tyranny of choice. Brilliant things. I'm 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 watching Orphan Black. Which I'm enjoying very much, and because of course it's it's just about to finish, that means it's the perfect time for me to start. <laughs> I always do that. I'm very excited about the new Twin Peaks. What's that going to be like? Dirk Gently uh, with the lovely with Sam, Barnett. Sam Barnett, which I'm enjoying very much. Um, obviously, RuPaul's Drag Race is the biggest thing in my life. Um, a wonderful, I could recommend a wonderful new horror film called Under the Shadow. Uh, which I was on a BAFTA jury for, and it's absolutely brilliant British-Iranian ghost story. It's fantastic. Mm. Um, and that's that's been my favourite film in recent times. Uh, and I'm reading, I'm reading a book called um, A Delicate Balance, um, which I'm uh, halfway through. It's taking me too long because I'm doing other things. And because I'm, I'm talking to you, I could be reading that book now. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, as Graham, dear Graham Crowden, with whom I did Nebulous years ago, used to say, you know, his catchphrase, he'd always say, how are you, Graham? And he'd say, hanging on, dear boy, hanging on. That seems like a, a <laughs> fairly good point to end this uh, little interview. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank you. Thank you for a lovely Pleasure. day. Great stuff from Mark there. And I was delighted to be able to share a day with him recently in the studios at BBC Wales. But I'll say no more. <laughs> I saw the picture. There was a there was a pic, there's certainly a picture of you walking along outside there, which cropped up on Twitter this week, which I think passed. Well, that's right. Yes, it was. It's because while we were in there, someone told Peter Capaldi that there were lots of fans. There was a group of fans outside, and he said, you know, they've been out there all day. It was his last day in the studio. He said, they've been out there all day. I think we should go out and say hello, don't you? And we were saying, well, you go, Peter. He said, no, no, you all come with me. So, yeah, Peter, uh, Steve and, and um, Mark, uh, Brian, Minchin and, and myself, we, we went out. It's quite funny because they just couldn't, they were expecting just to catch a glimpse of him. Yeah, but they, into they a got, car or something. And fall. he walked straight out and we took cupcakes out to them. Oh, it's because Peter and his wife had uh, uh, bought a load of really top-class cupcakes for us to have on the last day. And uh, as Rachel Tellerley, the director, said to me, she said, you know you're in trouble when the frosting's bigger than the cake itself. <laughs> because they were, it, they were superb, these cakes. And I fe- we all felt that we were going to die from having had too much sugar just by eating one. Nothing no one, wrong with no that. No one though. had a second one no one the crew were walking around sort of clutching their chests going but they were superb so we took a load of them out to the fans and they didn't touch them because they were too busy talking to peter uh but they'll eat they'll have eaten them later i imagine but the funny thing was you know what they would they were all around peter and then uh once they'd finished you know getting their fill of the doctor they sort of looked around and then they saw mark and me and <laughs> Stephen and brian and kind of went oh, there's like more of them you know and then we got 
uh, got to chat to them and have photos taken. It was a really lovely thing to do, and it was all Peter's idea. No one sort of said, oh, I think you should go outside, Peter. It was it was entirely his... He suspended the filming to do it, what, basically. But what a lovely yeah. man. And I and I, th- I think that is something with Peter that, that really shines through. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't Good think... Good God, You know, yes. you can just see that he loves it and enjoys it, and... Uh, you He's know, such a lovely human being. That's the thing. It's 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 a joy to to watch his performance. In fact, this this past I mean this past uh, season or series of Doctor Who, uh, whatever you want to call it, has just been uh, a joy to watch. And ah, uh, yeah, can't say any more on that other than absolutely superb. Well, we must get on because I have to go to London to do a fruitless audition. Time, time ticks. What time waits for no man, Nick? Time waits. And so uh, enough of this. Well, you. you I will report you, back next week to tell you I didn't get the job. Well, you know uh, that's part. That's part of the, the fun. This is this is a real drama going on here. This is life. You know, we don't just tell fictional stories. We tell real stories. This is gritty. Yeah. So yes, it's time now for the randomoid select Tron. So cue that epic music. So, Q from James Bond. Um, so we're going straight in with <laughs> yes, Ran here. Pay attention, 007. Yeah, he lived in my town. Um, anyway, uh, he didn't. I leave. live in your town, 007. <laughs> yeah, that's why there was lots of explosions, and you, you can never go up to a post box in case it, you know, shot gas out at you or something. <laughs> so Benji is going to press Hannah Newman's beautiful website, Randomoid Selectatron. Thank you, Hannah. Let's see him randomly select a release from the Big Finish website, and then I'll type it in in case I don't know anything about it. <laughs> well, this this is a, a turn for the book, actually. It's come up with number 48, Davros, would you believe? Davros. It's almost... Ran knows. Ran knows these things. So yeah. a, a true classic there. A Big Finish classic. Absolutely. Here's the trailer. Doctor Who. Davros. When I press this switch, I will die. It will be painless, they say. But if I survive, then something stronger will emerge. A new race. The supreme power in the universe. I will not press this switch. I will not cower. I will not die. I will not die. This is not the end. Sequence. We can't outrun a nuclear blast, Doctor. They're building an army of robots. How long before the radiation cloud reaches the dome? I want to write the definitive biography of Daphnis. If everyone had the equation, then the whole system would collapse. And it is an incredible trailer. Uh, and this is uh, such a popular story by Lance Parkin and uh, I wasn't in it the Norse it's just uh, Davros on his own and uh, fascinating story I have got virtually nothing to say about it except <clears throat> I loved listening to it um, Ah, my old friend Katarina Olsen's in it. Got Bernard Horsfall as well. Yeah, great cast. Wendy Padbury, not playing Zoe. Uh, yeah, and David Bickerstaff, uh, who is known in the Doctor Who fan world. He's also been in the Scarifiers a lot. 
I know David Bickerstaff. I don't think he listens to this podcast, but I'll only say nice things about him. But you might listen to it now. Louise Faulkner, who I, who I introduced to Big Finish because I first cast her in The Genocide Machine. Great stuff. Yeah, love, lovely, lovely story. Brilliantly done. It's this series of three stories that Gary produced where he did uh, Davros, Master and Omega. Yeah. Followed by Zagreus. Crazy. Single word titles. And these are, these them are classic. Love them They exist. <laughs> And th- these are classic as well in the sense that they- these are pre-new uh, Doctor Who. So these are 2003, this was released. So you get a bit of that, that real, goes and delves into that classic time. Um, but you know, like, we have to mention the amazing performance by Terry Malloy. Terry Malloy is Davros, and uh, it's he's one of those guys, he has embraced being Davros and I, I always love his enthusiasm and he when he he has this amazing ability in the audios he really he really creeps you out as Davros and you yes oh it's well, he just, is also a very experienced radio actor and he absolutely knows how to use the medium he's amazing at it uh, I think I might be right in saying this was his first big finish I'm gonna type it into the info wizard right now i don't think we'd had davros before that which is why gary decided to launch it with a big story called davros let's have a look very sensible i also wrote one called the davros mission which is uh, available download only i do thoroughly recommend that there's no trailer for it online it was done as a special extra on the davros uh, dvd box set but it is an audio uh, I, to be honest, it's you know we're we're pressed for time and time really is ticking on and I can't seem to find because it's got it all in chronological order as it would have happened in oh, Davros's in the timeline. But oh well, that's no good. That's no good. It's no, I can't seem to it's find. Not real. Not he is real, Nick. He is. So yeah, I uh, we'll, we'll have to yeah we'll we'll have to go okay. back into that one. I'm so sorry, I failed. I'm pretty everybody. certain it is the first Davros story that Big Finish did. It was very early in the in the Big Finish. Yeah, line I'm, I'm of like ninety eight percent certain. Yeah, let's roll with that. Let, let's let's roll with that one then. So that's the end for Ran, isn't it? That is the end for Ran. Ran, you've always you've always uh, managed to excel yourself, and and this is uh, absolutely. Not a change on that at all. So well done, and great for, for I don't know what I'm doing. Um, great job for staying on topic as well there. So he listens, you know. So cheers, Ran. Um, go get yourself a coffee. Um, you're gonna need it. So as the podcast bursts into steaming clouds like volcanic lava crashing into the broiling seas of Atlantis, time for Nick to round up some of the latest Big Finish releases for you, yes you, to have a listen to. You can hear a free excerpt of the new Blake 7 story, Spoils of War, on the Big Finish website. Did I say free? Yes, I did. The High Price of Parking, a seventh Dr. Ace Mel and them story adventure by John Tawney (laughs) is now available. Part one is also available for free from bigfinish.com. Are we mad? H.G. Wells, The Island of Dr. Moreau is now out. Ronald Pickup and John Heffernan being brilliant in Ken Bentley's rather beautiful adaptation. Torchwood, The Office of Never Was is out now. You can hear its first 15 minutes for free any minute now in this podcast. The Mavellan Grave, 
Tom Baker and Lala Ward as the Doctor and Romana are back on top form fighting these beautiful foes from the past. Flashpoint! Sheridan Smith returns as 8th Doctor companion Lucy Miller performing this Doctor Who short trip by Andrew Smith. And there you have it. Just quickly going back, that was an, there was an email a few weeks ago asking about Sheridan Smith coming mm. back into Big Finish. So there you got it straight away. Uh, Flashpoint. Bamzuki. Excellent. So, Nick, any last thoughts? I thought we can read that. Any last words? <laughs> Ready, aim, fire. <laughs> uh, that's that old joke again. Um, <laughs> I uh, yes, I've I've got to go. I've got to go to London. I wasn't. Go- I just got a call from my agent yesterday. I have to go to this casting uh, to, to for some minute part in a big spy drama called The Berlin Station. Yeah, you mm-hmm. heard it here first, folks, starring Richard Armitage. Um, and uh, if I get the job, which I won't, I'll uh, be in a scene where he is overhearing a conversation between uh, a character that I would but won't be playing. <laughs> and he interrupts and swears at us. That's nice. Yes, it's grown up. Well, there we go. Uh, We are going to call this podcast to a close. So um, it's been a pleasure as always, and we'll see you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. We'll be back next week, some way, somehow. In the meantime, as promised, here are the first 15 minutes of Torchwood, The Office of Never Was, starring Gareth David Lloyd in an astounding story by James Goss and directed by Scott Hancock, Don't You Know? There. Jack, it's me. Leaving a voice memo. It's Friday night and I've just picked a lock. Get in. No. Anyway, deserted office block off the magic roundabout. Near Splot. Reports of strange disturbances. When I say reports, it's a little man crashing into the office and yelling, Right case for Torchwood, ghosts and everything. You'd all gone home. And I was about to. I've got The Apprentice to catch up on, and I love The Apprentice. Anyway, here I am. So far, the only signs of a strange disturbance is no mobile signal. But then, well, you know, cusp of splot. Kids have probably sold the mobile mast off as scrap. Hmm. Anyway, Yanto Jones, Team Velocity. I'm going in. Right then. <sighs> well, from the outside, it looks just like a deserted office. On the inside, it's a deserted office. Fancy. Spendy sign over reception. Milne Futures. Bit over optimistic. From the look of it, this place went nowhere. Looks like I'm going home to Sir Alan. Um... (laughs) Uh... What? It's locked. That's not good. Yanto Jones. 
Oh, come on. Roundabout, my only hopes of passing Hooker. Yes, that's my name. Have you something to say? Yet a chance. Seemingly not. So, tell you what, no mobile signal, no problem. Because there's a reception desk with a phone. Ah. Phone's dead. This, uh, this wouldn't be a trap, would it? Not a yes, not a no. But I'm taking it as a positive sign. Oh, water cooler. Nice. Now, there's got to be a good, solid Toshigo explanation for this. Also, somewhere in this building, there has to be a way of ordering pizza. Doors opening. I got I didn't call for a lift. Am I being invited into the lift? Okay, nothing to be scared of. It's a lift. Ordinary lift, dirty mirror, just a lift, not a trap. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. Hmm. I'll take the stairs. <laughs> really? Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Doors closing. Shame on me. Stairs. Hello? 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 Another empty floor. Ooh, and on come the automatic lights. Escape theory. Run around and around the building, forming a pattern using the motion-sensitive lights. Morse code? Tricky. How do you get a building to do Morse code? Do I know Morse code? No. What about spelling out the word help in lights? These desks, not empty. Packets of sugar, ketchup, pens, dust, post-its. 
That's all. Like everyone just got up and walked out. What am I looking for? CB radio? Is that still a thing? So anyway, spelling out the word help. H. Run down from the third floor to the first, then up to the second. Run along the second floor, then down to the first, then straight up to the third. That's an H. This is going to take some time. And requires someone walking past to see it. So I'm going to have to do it over and over. And the person walking past is going to have to see it in the right order. Otherwise, it'll read elf or fell or... Rubbish idea. Never going to work. Is it? Thanks for that. Hello? Ah, something in the ceiling. It's lovely. <laughs> really? Hmm. Let's wait and see what happens. Hello, lift. I'm surprisingly patient. Using the windows to attract attention? There's a simpler solution. I just open a window and shout. Because there is an opening. Has to be. Seal shut. Of course. Nothing doing. Ah! <gasps> Wait! Who's there? Hello? Hello? Anyone here? Hello? Where is that coming from? Aha! Hello? Yes. Yes? Hello? 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 Yes? Speak to me! Oh, come on! Talk to me! Say something else! Come on! What do you want? Please! Tell me what you want! The line's dead again. Of course. Oh. What do you want?
No lights on the stairs. No lights here. I'm no longer triggering the lights. The building's ignoring me. Doors opening. I've got dressers. Great. Hey! <gasps> what the hell are you doing here? Um. Doors closing. Time I said, what the hell are you doing here? I, uh, look, hold on a second. Being a bit of a... Oh. Yeah? Nothing. No. What? Spit it out. The lights notice you. Come again? They, um, well, they switch on when you walk around. Motion sensitive. Yeah? And? Well, they don't work for me. Oh. When you arrived, I was standing here in the dark. Were you? I didn't even notice. Cup of water? No, thanks. What are you doing here? Well, I'm parched. Hold on a second. Oh, sorry. Really thirsty for some reason. Yanto Jones. Huh? That's my name. Oh, I see. And why are you here? Well, apparently the, uh, the building's haunted. Is it? Apparently. And that's your business how? Uh, ghost hunter. No, you're not. No, I'm not. All that matters is, I'd like to get out of here. Have you got a phone? No point. No signal. Right. You know that. You knew that before you came here. I'm the Guardian. The what? Living Guardian. Security firm employs me. To stop trespassers. Like you. Right. Got you. So, would you mind escorting me from the premises? You want to leave? Yes, please. You want to leave? Absolutely. I've got Sir Alan waiting for me at home on the video. So if uh, you wouldn't mind. Ah, oh, got you. No. Why not? Are you going to call the police? If you are, I am totally fine with that. I'm just... I... Don't know the way out. You're kidding. Something's wrong. Yes. What's your name? Can't remember. Right. When you think about it, names are silly things. There's no point to them. Right. Forgetting your name. You know that's not normal. Why make a big thing about it? I mean, you told me your name a minute ago. Can't remember it. Well, that's not the same thing. No. Gone completely. Funny that. It's... What is that? What? Yanto Jones. That? Yanto Jones. Can't you hear it? What? Yanto Jones. That? Surely you can hear it. What? Yanto Jones. The voice? No! Yanto Jones. The voice calling my name! There is Yanto no voice! Jones. Yes, there is! No! Stop Yanto. that right now, you are scared. Yanto, Yanto Jones! Shut up! Yanto Jones! Yanto Jones! Yanto Jones! Yanto Jones! Sorry. So you really couldn't hear the voice? No. Right. Okay. Was it a ghost? Um, no. It was coming from the speaker. Really? Do you often hear these voices? Really? No. I'm not crazy. No, for one thing, I can remember my own name. 
Are you calling me crazy? What did the voices tell you to break in here? Shut up, please. No, they did not. The voices aren't floating in midair. They're coming from that speaker there. That speaker? Yes. That's just the fire alarm siren. It doesn't speak. It just goes... I imagine. There's never been a fire here. How would you know? You can't even remember your... Sorry. Do you have keys? Keys? For the building. That you guard. Yeah. Sure. Uh, somewhere. Uh, um... You can't remember where. No. Water? No, thanks. Sure? It's got to be poisonous. <coughs> what? Well, I guess, I mean, well, it can't be good for you. The water? It's been there ages. Stagnant. But think about it. It's been a while since this place was open. How long? A year? Maybe. Don't know. Of course you don't. Let's carry on looking around. Through here? See? It's dark. That's my point. Come in. See? Lights come on for you. They didn't for me. This building's ignoring me. The circuit's slow, that's all. Hmm. They've left loads of leaflets in you. All right. Let's have a look. Sure. I'll open a bundle. Why is your face on all these leaflets? What? Seriously? Look. Oh, God. And these ones. And these. And these. Your face. Thousands of copies of your face. Why? I don't... I don't know. <laughs> 